Good everybody this is ryan from anti-art um this is going to be a kind of raw unedited episode kind of on a crunch for time here um you know every time you know me and troy record this podcast usually monday tuesday sometimes wednesday if we're really desperate um and we drop it thursday but this week um we've just both been really busy uh, i started working a, a full-time job again just to get some extra cash because, you know, the summer was very fun. I was happy to, you know, roll around the country taking pictures and doing this and that. But that shit cost money. I needed to replenish my bank account. Uh, I'm also looking to move out and, you know, uh, explore this music shit a little bit more. So I needed some money to do that. So as a consequence, I've been kind of busy. The page has been, you know, falling to the wayside just a little bit. I've been working hard to make sure to get these reviews out and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, anyway. Um, haven't really been able to record anything this week. Uh, on top of that, Troy's not feeling very good. We were supposed to go to the um, A2B2 show tomorrow, go see Arca, Carico Benito, uh, dude from Death Grips, all that shit. Um, and it's going to be really fun. But um, Troy can't make it. He said he might have COVID potentially. So crossing my fingers that he doesn't have the vid. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go anyway. But this has just been kind of a random sequence of events that led us basically to not record an episode so to make up for it i'm just going to do a a, not a quick solo episode i'm going to probably go for like an hour i'm sitting in my basement down here chilling you guys know the vibes down here you know classic classic spot down here uh i don't know why i did that fucking voice uh don't cancel me that was weird um i did my tale of the wrens and joan of arca interview down here i did my recent interview uh you know thing with troy with uh, the flux blog ran by Michael. I'm going to find his name because I really like this guy. He's he's doing a lot of good work and he's been doing it for a while. So I don't want to no shade at all. He's he was an excellent uh, interviewer, a really really nice guy. Uh Matthew uh Per Perpetua, I think is I think it's how to pr- uh, pronounce it. He runs Flux Blog. Uh it's a website and it's also an Instagram page. And he and he does Flux Pod, which is his podcast. Really really nice guy. Uh, we had a lot of fun on that one. I was, I, I thought it went badly only because my shit was glitching out and, um, I thought the audio was going to sound bad or I thought, you know, whatever. I, I thought the vibes were off after, after I, I've had fucked up the audio. I kept profusely apologizing over and over again, but, uh, listen back to it. It sounds great. Um, he edited it really good. He, he sequenced on a lot of the music we were talking about, uh, writing back on my way home. You know, I, he fucking put Pain in there by Pink Panthers. He put the Spirit of the Beehive song. He put Senorita by Arca in there. That This dude really knows his shit. He's really attentive, really nice. Um, totally great podcast. Anyway, that was recorded in the basement uh, on the floor <laughs> as well after my, my, my computer uh, stopped fucking working. And, of course, my computer stopped working again. So I'm actually recording this on my iPhone. Um, thank God I have, you know, a Shure audio microphone that it plugs into the phone um sure the mv51 this is a paid advertisement um great fucking microphone great microphone um you know if somebody ever asks you if you want a sure microphone you know what you should say you should say sure because it's great you should say yes yeah, sure anyway um god that was fucking corny but legendary basement i also recorded the uh the 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 channel five uh um uh, q reaction video in my bathroom uh, after shit wasn't working out you know um shout out to my basement 
my basement's my fucking rock. I love it down here. It's great. So anyway, I'm sitting on the floor recording the pod right now, chilling, great basement vibes. And I just thought, you know, um, I did a solo episode like this called Divorced Dad Energy not too long ago. It was like a bonus episode um, where I had missed a concert because um, I thought it was going to get rained out. It turned out the concert had been the day before um, and I completely missed it. That was the Bright Eyes concert that I was going to go to up in Connecticut at the at the college bowl or some shit. I uh, missed that. So I ended up recording an episode, uh, you know, on the floor also. <laughs> I don't know what's, I don't know what it is with me when things are, don't work out the way they should. I just decide to sit on the floor and record a podcast. It's very fucking, it's like a shitty, like, uh, script for like a, a bad HBO show about podcasting, uh, which if anybody is working in TV, please do not make that. If anybody at HBO makes a show about podcasting, I'm going to go to the HBO offices and I'm going to, um, be like, don't do that. And I'm going to say, I'm a podcaster and this is offensive against podcasters. I'm going to pick it with, you know, you know, uh, 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 Matt Chrisman from Chapo. I'm going to get the fucking dude from Truanon in there. I'm going to get one of the, one of the chicks from, uh, call her daddy in there, bro. I'm going to get Randy rainbow. I think he might have a podcast. I'm sure he has a podcast. No, you know what? I don't want Randy rainbow there. Fuck that guy. Let's get somebody different. Um, I don't know. <laughs> let's get uh let's get the dudes from throwing fits. You know, we're gonna be at HBO's offices picketing if they ever make a potting um TV show. Uh my god, my riffing is terrible. I'm so tired. But um anyway, what was I even talking about? Oh yeah, right. Um yeah, I'm on the floor, you know, in my basement right now, chilling. Um and the last episode I did I'm going to keep, I'm going to try and keep track because I had a theme going that I was going to try and uh, tackle with this episode and try and like rope in sort of, um, but uh, I'm going off track um, with my fucking bad riffing and, um, yes. Okay. So the theme of this podcast (laughs) is progression, uh, and checkpoints and, and taking stock of things. So last time I did a solo episode, again, I missed the concert. It was bred out of failure. I was sitting on the floor, but I was still like, you know what? And I was kind of at a point in my life where, you know, um, I was going through some heartbreak and that kind of stuff and whatever. Uh, I don't want to get into my personal life too much, but it, you know, things were kind of shitty. But the one thing that I kept mentioning in my life that I was really guiding me was this page. And one of the things that's continued to keep my creative interest going and continue to have me, let me have hope for the future that I don't always have to just do what I went to college for. Cause what I went to college for has nothing to do with music uh, never did. Uh, it was always practical. You know, when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, just pick something that's going to make me money. And creative things never came to mind. Anytime I went to, to, to go to colleges, it was always, oh, be a lawyer, be a doctor, you know, be a whatever uh, accountant. Oh, why don't you be a actuarium? That sounds like a fun job. It's fucking most boring job on the planet. But that's what people were trying to tell me to do because that's, you know, it was like the sw- smart way to make money, quote unquote. And, you know, I had to be a fucking STEM lord and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I did radio all throughout college and I just never, it never clicked to me in my head that, oh, wait a second, I can just do this for a living and I'm good at curating music and I'm good at broadcasting and, you know, not to fucking suck my own dick here, but like, you know, I have talents with music and I, a lot of my things and strengths revolve around music and picking music and talking about music and that kind of thing. And I've always, I should have just gravitated towards that, but I didn't, you know, I graduated with a degree that would make me money, that would pay back the loans that that I used to get the degree that I didn't want in the first place. You know, it's a fucking mess, but um, the page, you know, uh, since we started it last October, 
has always been something of a creative outlet for me that I've always wanted to explore. I've always loved writing. I've always, you know, wanted to be a pitchfork writer when I was ever since I was young. Um, not anymore, by the way. Um, but you know, ever since I was young, I wanted to be, uh, you know, a head writer at pitchfork or like a constant like guy over at pitchfork, like writing for them all the time. That was always my dream. I always wanted to, to, to write about that kind of stuff and, um, be on different, you know, websites talking about it and, in some capacity, be able to talk about music in paragraph form. Um, I remember like junior into senior year when I was, when I was in college, um, I was just like by myself in this townhouse or with my, you know, buddy Dale. Uh, and I was just writing these like whole synopsis of fucking, um, the Kendrick Lamar album. Um, not to pimp a butterfly was damn. Yeah. I wrote this whole synopsis of damn from top to bottom. It was really weird. Like, I don't know what compelled me to write that. And I was just like going on genius, looking up these things. I was like writing this whole shit out. I formatted it all nice. And it was just always like, it's something I was always compelled to do, but it's, I didn't, I never understood why I wanted to do it. Now it's really weird. It's really fucking weird. Really, really, really weird that that thing that I did back then, like something I was interested in back then is like a hobby, like a side hobby for no reason, um, is like something I'm now doing. And like, you know, somebody just sent me a fucking hundred dollars yesterday, by the way, shout out to that dude. I, I won't name you. Cause I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to put attention on him, but some guy loves, loves our page. He sent me a hundred dollars yesterday just cause he likes my writing and he likes my, my page and my, my memes and, and the things that I do. And sorry to say my, you know, just cause I'm by myself. It's just the force of habit. Troy, the shit that me and Troy do, this motherfucker sent me this dude, very nice guy, sent me a hundred dollars for it. Like, it's amazing to see like, you know, we don't make a lot of money off this page. We virtually make no money. We, we lose money, but you know, uh, it's crazy to see that this thing that I started doing in college, you know, habitually for no reason is kind of like actually turning into something where, you know, I'm actually getting to use that in real time. And it's like, I was almost like, it's almost like I went to school for it and I had, I didn't even know. It's like, I almost went to college for music and broadcasting and radio. And like, I didn't even realize that that's what I, it's like, it's almost like I minored in it and I didn't even realize it. And now I'm at the stage where I'm like listening to these Bjork albums and I have all this like random like knowledge from, you know, being a nerd in college and just like, you know, eating popcorn for dinner and fucking hadn't having no friends like freshman year, sophomore year, whatever the fuck I was doing and just listening to these, this weird music and, and getting all these CDs from the library. And now I have all this weird knowledge of eighties music and nineties music and house and this and that. And it's all built into my fucking memory. I don't have to look these things up. Like it's weird that I'm able to use it in a practical way and actually like people like it and people comment on it and shit like that. It's really fucking cool. So this episode, I really wanted to take stock of where we're at now as opposed to where I was in that other episode um, that I recorded, the Divorced Dad Energy episode. And um, that episode, you know, it was all about looking forward to the future again and the things that we were going to be doing. And I don't remember the exact specifics, but I think I was on the way to Atlanta. Um, I was going to go to Atlanta to go see Kanye and uh, with my friend Mike, shout out Mike. Um, and <clears throat> um, that was a really pivotal moment for the page, honestly. Going down there, um, it was almost like we went through a fucking portal because me and me and my buddy Mike stayed up all fucking night on the way there, listening to Kanye albums. We get there, you know what I mean? We go to sleep. We take an, we we're about to get into an Uber to fucking. Um, <clears throat> we're about to get into an Uber to go to, you know, this famous wings place. Wings place uh, that our our other buddy said it was good. And it was way far away from the stadium. And I don't know why he picked that one specifically, you know, but I didn't want to like, I, I just, I just met these guys. I didn't want to challenge them too much, but I was like, Hey guys, I actually found a, uh, JR crickets. It's actually called a uh, JR crickets. That's closer to the stadium. Why don't we go to that one? They're like, Oh, I don't know, whatever. I was just, uh, sometimes like when there's practical things that need to be done, like things are closer, 
I like to override people's opinions. It's kind of a bad habit of mine, but sometimes it works out. And in this case, it did work out. So we ended up going to JR Crickets. We just woke up from a fucking nap. We're, we're up from a nap. We're all like got dressed. We showered. We get in this Uber. We go to JR Crickets. There's a little bit of traffic on the way there. It's like everything worked out perfectly to where we pull up to the venue, uh, to the <laughs> restaurant rather, and motherfucking little baby is standing outside. Could you believe that? Little motherfucking baby is standing outside, just chilling. Just fucking chilling. We go up to him. He's so nice. He's asking us about our shit. If this was now, I would have I would have given him an anti-art shirt off my back. I would have told him, hey, man, this is my page. Please follow it. I love you. Like, hell yeah. But at the time, I was like scared shitless. I'm like, holy shit. Like, little baby is in front of me, bro. This is a man who's headlining like stadiums. Who's like, you know, he had one of the biggest um, selling albums of <clears throat> 2020 um, in uh, at my turn. You know what I mean? Like, huge fucking artist. And ever since then, I don't know. I just, our page has been ascending upwards. It's crazy. I got really good coverage at that, that, uh, Kanye concert. We got some of the most liked and most viewed posts like of all time on our page from that. Like obviously, because that was a real time coverage of an event. I mean, I, I think I did pretty good coverage in real time. Um, but you know, uh, on the way, on the way back from a bar a couple of days later, um, I was helping my, my buddy try and get back. And, um, <clears throat> I was also drunk and I go on my phone and I saw that Earth Eater was, you know, one of my favorite artists, uh, newer artists, singer songwriters. Um, I saw on her story she was recording music and and she usually stays up late and records and, you know, uh, nobody's around or whatever. So I was like, why don't I hit her up? You know what I mean? Like, why don't I just try it? Like, I have drunk confidence. I'd met little baby. Like, I'm having a great fucking weekend. And I'm like, let me hit her up. I hit her up. I'm like, hey, what's up? Would you ever want to do an interview? She said, absolutely. She said, come to the studio right now. I was like, I'm in Atlanta. You're in New, <laughs> you're in New York. I, I can't. I, I I can't. And she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, could we record it over the phone? And I tried to drunkenly download shit, record it. I hit up a bunch of people and tried to like figure out how to like call her through FaceTime and record it. Just ended up not working out. But when I got back to, um, when I got to Philadelphia, to, to chill with my buddy Troy, you know, on, who's on the podcast, Troy, love you, Troy, shout out Troy. Um, you know, I recorded it. I recorded an interview with earth eater right on, on the couch. And, um, it was amazing. You know what I mean? That was a great interview. Um, it was really funny cause she was, I think she was high or she was just really tired or some shit as you know, and she's, she's a baddie. She's like a, a, a model, supermodel and all that stuff. Like the fact that she was even giving me the time of day was fucking hilarious. And it was almost like a bit, but, you know, she gave me like 20, 25 minutes of her time and she, you know, was talking about her music and her craft and stuff like that while getting her nails done. So, like, you know, I was getting into deep shit and trying to pontificate and, you know, uh, overstepping with certain things. And she was just like, wait, what did you say? Like, you know, to the nail tech or whatever. And like, oh, shit, like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, just like getting her nails done, having like having she was just getting her nails on having a phone call. Me, I was having like wish fulfillment, uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> but uh, that was crazy. Um, two days later, or maybe it was the next day or that night or something like that. Um, I met spirit of the beehive, my favorite band of the year, uh, at one of their shows. And I told, I showed them our review of their, um, of their album. I asked if they were down to do an interview. Um, you know what I mean? All that stuff. I I'm hoping next year that'll work out. Um, cause I, I would really love to talk to them and do like a whole profile on them, but just meeting them was fucking amazing and seeing them was amazing. And that was all in like one big weekend. So again, that was right after the Divorced Dad Energy episode. So I really think that episode and taking stock of things really kind of manifested things for us. And I think manifestation is a really important thing. I used to not really believe in that. And I used to think that that was like kind of bullshit, Um, whatever, like vibes and, 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 
you know, energy talk and stuff like that. I didn't really like think that manifesting things is real, but you talk about things enough and it's just like, it, it has to come true. You know what I mean? It, like my, like I remember when I was younger, I'm just going to go into a small tangent before I get back into, you know, where we are now. But I remember when I was younger, me and my brother were at this Italian restaurant. Uh, we used to go with my grandparents to these Italian restaurants down the shore all the time. And, uh, I was like 14 or some shit or like 15 and I saw this really cute waitress and I like really liked her and I wanted to talk to her, but I was like so nervous. And I just kept looking at her and looking at her and looking at her, like not really saying anything. And I was like, yo, that waitress is cute. I said that to my brother. Right. And he's like, okay, so why do you keep looking at her? Why don't you say something? He's like, people don't know that you want something or that you, you know, want this or that unless you put it out there and you say that you want it or you like, you know, flirt or whatever the case may be. And, and applying it, applying that to, you know, um, music and applying that to, um, this stuff, I feel like without, I feel like Instagram is a good platform for that too. But I, but like, you have to let your taste be known and you have to let your intentions be known and you have to let these things, you know, you have to try with them. Some things are going to fail and things have failed for me this year too. You know, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of, a lot of L's in my personal life and a lot of L's music in this music page shit, uh, as well. Um, but you know, you have to put things out there because if you don't ask somebody for something, if you don't, you know, say that you want something or you don't, you know, um, just put it out there, there's no chance, zero chance that you're going to get it. And, you know, it's like the classic Wayne Gretzky, you know, quote, um, if you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, it's, I mean, it is true. Like it is corny or whatever, but it, it is really true because if you don't take the shot, you're not going to make it. You're going to get a zero, it's a 0% chance. So if you don't shoot your shot and you don't put your, your, your shit out there, people are not going to, you know, how, how can anybody fuck with something that doesn't exist, right? How can anybody interview somebody when you don't ask for an interview, when you don't put it out there? And I don't know, like that, that's what th- th- this year, last, the, last year wasn't really about that. It's more just about reviewing stuff and making a year end list and that kind of stuff. But you know, this year it's been great. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to go over some fucking brags because I think we deserve to brag because it's honestly crazy the amount of things that we've done this year. Um, you know, me, Troy, and even included in, and also Ryan, I'm going to include in that too. Just like the things that we've been able to pull off, the people that we've been able to talk to, the situations that we've been able to get in, the concerts that we've been able to go to. Because last year, like, you know, and actually the beginning of this year too, the pandemic was still, and it is still, you know, taking effect. And in America, we're very irresponsible and we're opening things when we shouldn't, you know, but. I digress. I thought that, you know, music festivals and concerts and that kind of stuff wouldn't open ever. I thought that we just have two or three more years of like, you know, weird backlogged movies that like, you know, uh, are, are shelved and like, you know, (laughs) the movie theaters were weird for a while. I don't know if you guys remember it wasn't that long ago in the beginning of the year when they were just playing like fucking old movies, like at the movie theater when they opened back up because there was they would open movie theaters back up finally, but like there was nothing to play because there was nothing being filmed because you can't film because of fucking COVID. It was ridiculous. And like throughout, I thought that, you know, there wouldn't be concerts again. There wouldn't be music festivals. I was like, I was totally in that space where like, okay, I'm going to just work my job and I'm going to come home and I'm going to work on my music shit. Like, and, and, you know, do my other personal stuff or whatever. But like, in my head, I was never like, oh, like we're going to do in-person interviews like anytime soon. Like, oh, we're going to do concert coverage anytime soon. That was all dreams. Those were all things where I was like, oh, I really want to do these things. But like, I don't know when we're going to be able to do them because the pandemic is still happening. So like over this year, it's just been crazy. The amount of stuff that we've been able to pull off in person on Zoom too. I mean, to a degree, like we could have done that during the pandemic, but these things all 
you know, all happened this year because we tried and we shot our shot. And, um, you know, again, I was another, another tangent, another pandemic, you know, a little tangent there, but, um, that I just went on, but you know, it's true because a, a lot of these things were, were dreams. A lot of these things were, you know, there was nights where I literally woke up, uh, crying because I couldn't go to fucking concerts, music festivals, do things again. I was getting really sad and really fucking depressed and tired that like my whole shit would just be writing online and I wouldn't be able to go to the concerts and like film videos and stuff. Um, but you know, I'm going to start, start it off, um, with, uh, with my interview with Chavo or, uh, our interview with Chavo rather times two, um, interviewing Chavo was a fucking trip, uh, literally, uh, more ways than one, uh, at my buddy John's house, me, John, um, <clears throat> Troy and, um, fucking James, shout out James. We all interviewed, you know, one of our, one of my favorite rappers at the time. And still, you know, I still love Chavo. He's great. He has two solid mixtapes out. He put out one last year, put out one this year. Uh, really nice guy. And, you know, my goal with this page was like within like a few years to be able to see Pierre Bourne and to meet him at the show and to be backstage with him and stuff like that. And that was like in like three years, I thought that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Post pandemic, like, okay, like whatever, right? Bro, I saw Pierre Bourne this year with Troy at Made in America Festival. I go in the back and guess who's there? Chavo. I'm talking to Chavo. I'm talking to his management. I'm within shouting distance of Pierre Bourne, one of the greatest producers of our time. Literally could have yelled, yo, Pierre, you want to come out here to him? And he would have heard it. He might have ignored it. And he might have been like, yo, that's corny. Like, I could have fucked up everything by saying that. But like, um, I would never imagine that in my life. In college, listening to like Watch by Kanye or listening to like any of the Playboy Cardi mixtapes or albums, um, thinking that I would ever be able to say, yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? And Pierre would come out here is something that um, I, I never thought would happen. And that was a beautiful, a beautiful moment right there. But in addition to that, I saw, you know, my buddy Chavo, we're actually friends now. I, I you know, in, in certain regards, we, t- we talk in DMs once in a while. Uh, I send him a free shirt. He gave me a shirt. You know, it's, it's, it's love, honestly. It's really, it's, it's a nice, like, you know, friendship I have with this guy. He's a really fucking nice guy. I think if we, I think if we live closer to each other, we'd be chilling more, but you know, he lives down in Atlanta. I'm in fucking Jersey, whatever, but I digress. Uh, he was at a show in Brooklyn. I brought my buddy John there who we did the interview with and, uh, we had a great time at the show in the green room. We were hanging out with him, Jelly. They were doing some fucking interviews back there and shit and uh, you're passing a blunt around. He, again, he gave us free t-shirts. Um, you know, <clears throat> fucking showed his love, bro. And, uh, that was something that I never would have expected. Um, in addition to that, let's go down the list because again, I have a lot of brags to get to and, and very limited time. Um, <laughs> uh, earth theater interview, as I said, uh, meeting a little baby, as I said, uh, Charlie XCX like, so <laughs> this, this is such a fucking stupid thing that I put on this list, but I'm going to, I'll tell the small story behind it. Um, this, uh, creator, uh, on Instagram, uh, digital designer, um, something Furbies. I, I'm going to put a link in the, in the description. It's like basically album covers, um, with Furby on it, like photoshopped into it in one way or another. So they'll have like, um, Bjork's post or something with, with Furby. And it's like really nice looking album covers, like shit. Like, I don't know how, I don't know if this person takes, you know, like dresses a Furby up as Bjork takes a picture of it and superimposes it over. If they digitally design it top to bottom, regardless, it's extremely impressive. Um, I posted one, you know, like a, a bunch of these pictures in a row 
um, Furby Living. That's the name of the page. Um, it was like FK Twigs, you know, uh, Arca, um, you know, whatever, uh, Bjork, you know, back to back. And then one of them was Charlie XCX's album cover of Pop 2 uh, with her as a Furby. And uh, it got a lot of likes. Um, it was like a filler post. It's one of the things that we call a filler post on our page. You know, if, you're, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys are like the cream of the crop of our fan base. I'll let you guys know 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 the fucking deal. You know, our, this page is this page is built on filler posts. I mean, let's keep it real. Memes, you know, uh, uh, simp posts, um, pictures of artists, that kind of stuff. Um, what, you know, I do a lot of writing, and Troy does a lot of writing, and you know, there's a lot of things that we have to do to keep the page substantive and to actually keep it like as like a, a, a digital magazine or whatever. But in between that, we, there's some filler, and the Furby post was definitely a filler. And, um, you know, but sometimes that's where we get some of our greatest interactions because again, you got the Charlie XCX like on top of that yesterday I did the, uh, the, the two guys, you know, the one guy, uh, looking out the window on the bus, uh, crying and the other guy looking at the window on the bus, like smiling and looking optimistic meme. I, I, uh, went on remove.bg great website, by the way, it's a great website to make memes and album covers, put you onto some game. Um, did that you know, superimpose that over, crop that out, superimpose those two guys, uh, and cut the happy guy out and just put two sad guys on top of the two Arca album covers, uh, kick two, kick three. Uh, it's, I think it now it's almost, um, at the level of, I think it's almost our most liked post. It's our second most liked post and Arca reposted it. Uh, and that was really, really pivotal and important for me because this week has just been Arca simp fucking back to back to back. Like it's almost like it's so unnecessary the amount of Arca posting that I've done. Like, okay, you know, I could just review, I could have just reviewed the kick albums, could have just done that, could have posted a couple memes here and there. But bro, it's just every single day I'm just posting pictures of Arca, you know, reblogging pictures of Arca, asking people what they think about Arca, 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 Arca. People are just like, like <laughs> people are just like, yo, this is too much Arca. And I'm just like, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> you know, she's the one who put out four albums. That wasn't me. So, and they're good albums. Um, so what the fuck am I, you know what I mean? I, it's, it's, I'm feeding the beast here. This is what my, this is what the, this is what you people want. You know, you chose, you know, Sophie and Arca and, um, and Bjork and uh, as your Queens, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Ar- Arca put out a significant body of work, motherfucker. I'm, I'm posting the shit out of, out of Arca. Um, so got that Arca repost. Uh, another big, <laughs> I keep laughing into the mic and, and making this obnoxious ass sound. Sorry. Um, Genesis Owasu interview, uh, great artist out of Australia, great rock, R&B, rap, uh, man of many talents, uh, jack of all trades, master of all of them as well. Um, and he's great and, um, interviewed him. I've been in contact with his record label, Ourness for quite a long time. I've, I've really loved everything they've been doing. And, um, Genesis Owasu was an absolute pleasure to talk to that guy. He was uh, honestly one of the best interview subjects I've ever talked to, but just in general out of interviews that I've seen. I mean, obviously there's legendary interviews from all types of artists of all different, you know, whatever, um, like Lauren Hill, for example, I, I watched a lot of her interviews. Those, those were great, but just Genesis is like an interview. He's a media trained artist in, in a way that like, doesn't even make sense. He's like 23 and you ask him questions and he just like, pauses for a second and he just gives you like the world you know what i mean you ask him about his tour and he just like he just like it's almost like he knew what you were going to ask him and he just like has a 10 minute like like very interesting very concise no ums no uhs no what no you know what i mean nothing it's just like he's very nice and he's like not afraid to be a little bit out of pocket or like a little bit like not out of pocket but like um 
you know, like not just clean cut, you know what I mean? You can, you can riff with him and you can like make fun of other artists and he just like laughs and he'll laugh along and you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And, um, um, that was a pleasure to talk to him. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Genesis Owasu, great artist, smiling with no teeth, one of my favorite albums of the year and well-deserved with all his arias, motherfucker. You deserve all that shit, bro. If you're listening to this, which I don't think that you will be, but you know, whatever, uh, looking forward to seeing you in January, brother. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to dap you up for sure. I'll be in the front row with my ski mask on. Let's fucking rock that shit. Um, interview with Andy Morin of Death Grips. Um, a lot of you may, might not know this. I think I might republish it on our website, but we actually got the first interview with one of a, like we got the first interview with the Death Grips member, um, since I don't know when, I don't know when the last time that there has been an interview with a member of Death Grips, um, that was, you know, Death Grips is one of my favorite bands, probably like top three. I think that they're the Rolling Stones of our time, to be completely honest with you. Um, the, the body of work that they put out is absolutely insane from front to back. Um, every album that they have is a varying degree of amazing. Um, and, 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 you know, personally, you know, obviously I love MC Ride. His vocals are, are insane and they're, they're, you know, amazing. Um, and, um, <clears throat> uh, Zach Hill, his drumming is amazing. Um, but Andy Morin, just the synth sounds and like, I, you know, I, I know that him and Zach and, and, and MC Ride produced and wrote kind of everything together. And it was kind of like a hodgepodge of things, but you know, uh, Andy is very modest. He's a very nice guy. And he's, he, he, he won't let you know that a lot of the shit is like, you know, guillotine. I think, you know, who came up with the guillotine sound and who brought it in? I think it was him. I don't know. But, you know, interviewing him, talking to him, uh, was great email corresponding with him. He sent me, you know, unreleased tracks, all this kind of stuff. We had a great, you know, correspondence through email. Uh, he answered all my questions and, and he did it really well and he was really nice and uh, all that stuff. So that talking to him was just an absolute fucking pleasure. I actually met him at a rave, um, not too long ago. And I'm actually going to see him tomorrow at, uh, the ATB2 event that he's organizing because ATB2 is his brand and everything. And that's what I was interviewing him for in the first place. But to interview him was a fucking, trip and a half. Um, and that happened after the earth eater interview, um, because I think he might've seen the earth Eater earth eater interview. He kind of like subtly followed us and now he follows us. It's fucking crazy, bro. Um, meeting Claro. I met Claro. Um, when was this during the summer at some point? Um, I met Claro in New York city. I went and I, um, there was like a dice, uh, event. Uh, it's like a app on your phone basically where you can do like meet and greets and that kind of stuff. And, and like go see acoustic sets. It's, it's more for like smaller shows and for like, it's almost like the only fans of the, um, it's like, it's like only fans of Ticketmaster combined essentially. And, um, you know, I, w- I waited in line in the rain. Um, I, I walked into the store. I was not able to get a picture of her. My main goal was to get a picture of her with a, me wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a ski mask and her just like looking like pissed off at me or like, what the fuck? That was my goal. I was not able to get a picture uh, with her because they like made me put my phone away. That was really fucked up. The fact that there was no pictures at the meet and greet was stupid. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say it. That was stupid. Uh, I don't know if that who's whose idea that was. I don't know if that was COVID restrictions. I don't know if that was Clara's idea. Whoever's idea that was, that's a stupid fucking idea. If you go and do a meet and greet with an artist, you should be able to take a picture with them. Like that's ridiculous. Especially if you pay for the album and you do all this stuff. Like, come on, bro. It's like it's like if I was going to like a wrestling event and I I pay whatever to meet John Cena, motherfucker. I'm taking a picture with John Cena. You might not be able to see him in the picture, but that doesn't matter. I'm taking a picture with John Cena. So I should have been able to take a picture with Claro. I would like to meet her again and and take a picture with her anyway. Um, (laughs) damn it. I did the fucking blowing into the microphone thing again. Um, uh, 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 met her, 
Uh, she was very, very sweet, uh, much smaller than I thought she'd be in person. Um, and, uh, I got a vinyl signed by her and I even showed her, um, the, uh, cover art basically for, for the review that I had done of her, her album, um, Sling. And she said, wow. And that's what she said. And that was, uh, um, great. And then I walked the other way and left and that was it. And so I met Claro and then, but a little cherry on top. Um, after that, you know, review that I had posted, I posted a favorable review of her music. I tried to get it to her. She's huge. You know, it's hard to get things to Claro, but, uh, her dad, Jeff, um, <laughs> saw it. <laughs> he follows us now. So Claro's dad is following us. Um, another big, uh, event that happened, I think it was, I don't remember if it was before or after the, um, I think it was before. Yeah, this was before the little baby thing. So my 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 fucking little storyline dynamic is kind of derailed a little bit. But um, the other the other big uh, thing that's kind of um, actually honestly shifted the whole dynamic of our page and 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 put it into a different direction. Honestly, um, a clickbaity kind of meme direction is me infiltrating the meme community. Um, first, starting with you know some interaction with um, um, you know people like uh, Joan of Arca great page um but also mostly starting off especially was uh people like ultraviolet um love and people like close of indies tits you know these are great pages um and they were very kind to me in the beginning and they were like you know we really like you know your page and 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 we like your reviews and we like the things that you post and that kind of stuff and you know they kind of followed me from there and i like their memes so you know it was kind of a back and forth type of thing um just like, just like with, again, with Arca, Sophie and Bjork and FK Twigs, it's like a collective of artists that, you know, you know, meme pages like the meme pages, uh, conglomerate in the same way. And they kind of shout each other out and, and signify each other in certain ways. Um, you know, pages like weird ass, pretty they, and, uh, Sprite is made by fairies. And, uh, obviously Joan of Arca, as I said, um, Chloe Savinji's tits, all these like pages, Cardi XCX, all these pages, like they always shout each other out in text posts and, and this and that. And they're all, you know, close in age and all that kind of stuff. My bloody Virgin Eaters, great page or Virgin Airlines now. Um, but you know, these pages all shout each other out. They're all close in age. They're all, you know, friendly with each other and all that kind of stuff. Um, and my old ass decided to, you know, try and infiltrate them in certain ways. So, um, starting with my interview with RIP Claro, AKA, um, um, extra stinky, um, that was a great pivotal moment for our page talking to her, shout out to her, um, Jackie, really nice person. Um, biggest, um, podcast episode of all time. I think we have like 300 and something downloads on that one. So that was how we started it off. And then after that, um, uh, uh, came the, uh, the weird recognition of the meme community and, um, um, by Courtney Love of all people. For some reason, Courtney Love really decided, um, that all these like, gen z meme pages quote unquote um really like embodied like like the spirit of like punk or something in modern days i don't i don't really understand what she was doing but i don't know they all latched onto it because they were i think they were honestly just like making fun of her because it's just like oh my god meme mommy and fucking shit like that like just like making fun of her um but you know whatever one thing led to another and you know uh courtney love kept posting about it and then it became a Vice article, and then it became like a, a, a Refinery29 article, and then ultimately it became a New York Times article. But before that, uh, I wrote an article on Instagram, um, basically just like detailing and interviewing these different meme pages and, and seeing what they had to say about Courtney Love specifically. Because Courtney Love, while she was embracing these kind of punky, 
you know, fucking no rules, fucking whatever, you know, shit posting meme pages. Uh, at the same time, she was just like bashing the shit out of Olivia Rodrigo, who's like probably younger or close to the same age as a lot of the the people who curate these meme pages. So I thought that that was kind of odd. So my whole spin on it was kind of like, is she a friend or is she a foe to Gen Z? So I wrote a whole article about that. Again, I interviewed a lot of these meme pages and had to uh, ask what they had to say about it. Um, asked like, oh, like, you know, since Courtney Love recognized you, like how many followers did you gain from it? This, that, and the other thing. Um, um, you know, so I ended up writing that article early and getting it out there and getting it, you know, written and just getting it on my, on my Instagram page. And, uh, everybody ended up liking it. Everybody ended up thinking it was pretty good for the most part. There wasn't a lot of cringe factor to it. I thought that people would think it would be cringy. Some people said it was hard to read, which I agree with because I, I put like purple, you know, light purple text with white, uh, I'm sorry, light purple background with white text. It was kind of hard to read, uh, but not cringy thank God. Um, so I think I did a pretty good job there, but right after that, bro, it was like maybe like a week later, New York times, uh, uh, a text poster taking over Instagram story. Courtney Love is in there interview with Joan of Arca, uh, about how many followers she gained. That's a fact that I got, uh, interview with Nate Robin, um, you know, talking to, to all these other pages, this and that, and the other thing. Um, crazy. So in the beginning I was like, oh, this person must've saw Like I, like I was had like an ego trip. I was like, oh, this, you know, this person from the New York times must've saw my post and, you know, oh, must've like found it and like, isn't, is just like doing it without crediting me or something. I don't know. I was just being like fucking stupid, not realizing that like, it's literally impossible to find the type of post that we do because like, how the fuck, how the fuck is somebody supposed to find that? And on top of that, she must've been writing that article for like a month. So uh, professional fucking writer, uh, you know, literally a New York times reporter. Um, but you know, rather than be spiteful and be stupid and be like, Oh, you're copying me. Like you need to give me credit or some fucking nonsense. I was like, Hey, uh, reached out to her. Taylor Lorenz, by the way, is the name of the person who wrote the article. And I said, Hey Taylor, uh, my name is Ryan. I wrote this, you know, article on Gen Z meme pages. Uh, I thought that I would share it with you. We wrote, you know, similar things in our articles, uh, this and that and the other thing. And I think that you would really enjoy it. And she did really enjoy it to the point where she followed us. She shared every single slide from the, um, article on top of that. Um, you know, uh, uh, she sent me her personal phone number and said, Hey, um, if you ever like want to talk, if you ever wanted this and that, like, let me know. I was like, Oh shit. Okay, cool. Um, or maybe it's like her New York times phone. I don't know, whatever. Um, but she gave me, I have her fucking phone number in my phone right now that happened within an hour of me asking her, um, and then we did a podcast together, um, with Joan of Arca, one of my favorite meme pages of the year, uh, really nice person. Again, um, I, a lot of the people who run these meme pages are super sweet, super nice. Um, just want to talk about music and just want to talk about whatever, but I digress. Um, again, my infiltration into the meme page community kept going with that. Um, that was really big for us talking to Taylor and, and again, you know, I talk to her periodically, even like once in a while, I'll send her like, you know, some scoop or some, this or that. And I hope to meet her one day in person. I hope to, I would love to do an interview with her in person and, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe get a profile from her. I don't, I don't know. Just putting it out there. Uh, again, manifestation anyway. Um, and, uh, I did a, uh, last thing I want to say about the meme community. I did a whole big post about, um, I think it was like meme Shella or something. Again, I'm too old to be the one who's curating all this stuff, but fuck it, whatever. I got, uh, I got songs and I got little descriptions from each meme page 
and I was able to compile this big fucking monster playlist of meme cella, like this fake uh, meme music festival with all these like meme kind of bands uh, along with them. So that was my infiltration of the meme community. I think we have some mutual respect at this point. Some some of them like me, some of them don't like me, whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, Rebecca Jennings pod. So Rebecca Jennings is a, uh, um, a lot of these things, uh, a common theme of this podcast this specific episode is that, um, chain of events and linking things together and this from that to, you know, this leads to that a leads to B and it's like, um, you know, it's like in, it's like in, if you ever play Star Fox 64, uh, if you go through all the rings on the first level, you can go to the right instead of going to the left. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, um, moments this year are, are, are going through the rings. You know what I mean? We do something so perfectly in a way that we don't, you know, um, quite understand at the time. And then all of a sudden it throws us in a different direction. And now we have like 200 followers that like follow us and all of a sudden, and Rebecca Jennings was, a uh, um, one of the people who had followed us after Taylor Lorenz posted, um, that, um, Gen Z meme article that we had written. Um, and she was one of the people who followed us that I remember seeing who was like a blue check. And I was like, Holy shit, there's blue check people following us. What the fuck? I'm like, this is crazy. Um, so once I saw that she was following us, you know, I, I had seen her, uh, stories once in a while. I, I, you know, looked at a couple of her articles and I was like, oh, this seems interesting. And after a while, I don't know, like, um, I think, uh, this it was another, it was another week where like Troy, like wasn't able to pod with me. I didn't want to do a solo episode. So I'm like, Hey, let me reach out to her because you know, she has really interesting articles. Let me see what she wrote about recently. I saw that she wrote about OnlyFans, um, you know, as somebody who, <laughs> As somebody who goes on Pornhub once in a while, I decided that it would be an interesting uh, interview to interview somebody who, you know, um, has done a lot of research into porn and has done a lot of research into OnlyFans, that kind of thing. I thought that would be an interesting conversation, which it was. So that podcast was really good. Again, she's like a senior writer at Vox, not to brag. Um, but yeah, um, that was a really good moment for our page, too. And that was honestly, um, you know, the Genesis of Wasu interview was really good. Um, but listening back, Genesis was a better subject than I was an interviewer. In my opinion, I was kind of flustered and I was kind of like starstruck, but with Rebecca, I was familiar with her work, but she's not like a star in my head. Like a lot of people, I'm sure there's people that read her articles that are like, Oh my God, if I ever talked to her, I would fucking die. Like whatever. Um, but you know, I just saw her as like, Oh, like, you know, we're mutuals. Um, you know, she obviously writes her Vox. Obviously she's like a media person and she does really cool shit. I like her articles. I just want to talk to her. So we talked and it was a more comfortable conversation, um, I'd say. And, um, you know, uh, I got really analytical with it and really passionate about the things that we were talking about. And, and, and we actually like dove into some really interesting things. I was using a lot of big words, which I don't usually like to do. I usually get scared to use big words, but, um, (laughs) I was using a lot of big words. Um, and it was, it was a good podcast. Um, really good one. Um, you know, very organized, very like, you know, we did it boom, like an hour. And, um, that was a good one. Um, that was, I'm really proud of that one. That was probably my favorite interview that I've ever done. Um, as far as just like the questions that I asked, the answers that I got and, um, you know, the conciseness of it. Like I, like I would use that as my demo tape to, if I was ever like, you know, trying to apply to vice or try and apply to pitchfork, try to apply to like NBC or some shit, I would send that to them and I'd be like, yo, listen to this. Like I'm a good interviewer. Um, uh, Gen Z meme article did that. Oh, the Azalea Banks back and forth. That's a classic one. Um, I've talked about this at length. I'm not going to go into it too in depth again, but, um, Azalea Banks is kind of a terrible person and I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because again, Azalea Banks back in the day, you know, she wrote two, one, two, 
she wasn't very controversial back then. A couple years later, you know, her career started to spiral. She just kept making all these awful decisions, you know, fighting Russell Crowe at his house. I think it was Russell Crowe or maybe, yeah, fighting Russell Crowe, like breaking a wine glass over his hand. And then she did a song with Pharrell that kind of flopped. And then she just flat out just insulted Pharrell, which you don't do because Pharrell is like, number one, an amazing producer. Number two, you insult him, you're going to lose all these other connections. So she just kept putting her foot in her mouth and, and just absolutely just fumbling bags after bag after bag after bag. And, um, you know, she went after Julia Fox. She said that Julia Fox was a fucking junkie. Uh, recently she said, she said that, you know, she wanted to, you know, I'm not even going to get into what she said about Arca. She's being transphobic as shit. But, um, in the midst of all this before the Arca thing, cause I would have never even spoken to her, or reached out to her if I had seen that. Um, but I digress. I was in Chicago covering pitchfork. I was, uh, in the subway or the uh, CTA rather. And I was, uh, you know, whatever, uh, drunk, by myself hanging out on the way back from the bar and I saw that you know um she had posted something about how she wanted like a, a um somebody who understood her to come and like you know do unreleased tracks or listen to unreleased tracks and do like press and you know that's literally like I've done that for artists before so I was like perfect fit and I'm like you know I'm an Instagram primarily person and, and you're pretty active on Instagram but I'm like wait a second like you said a lot of problematic shit in the past like let me try to reconcile with you so I commented I'm like I would love to be that person for you but i want to have just a civil conversation about like some of the things that you've talked about and i kind of want to just flatten that out before we you know before you send me tracks because i don't want to be listening to your hip house music and in the back of my head like oh <clears throat> remember when you called Z- uh, zane like a dirty refugee refugee back in like 2012 i don't want to have that in the back of my head sitting in the studio with her that would be make me very uncomfortable some people it doesn't and i see a lot of people on social media hanging out with azalea banks and just you know people that you know, uh, purport to support, you know, uh, um, um, you know, people from other countries or even, you know, people of other sexualities and they'll, they'll hang out with her in the studio and they'll be buddy, buddy with her and just ignore all the fucking things that she says. Uh, again, I digress. Um, so I challenged her and ended up with one of the best memes of the year, in my opinion, where Azalea Banks basically, uh, answered me back and said, Hey, you fucking bird brain, social media pussy, like go get a job or whatever. And that was really funny. Um, so fuck Azalea Banks. Um, I'll never work with her. She's an awful person. Um, I hope you, you're, I hope, I don't know. I don't like you. Um, <laughs> um, potting with Chris Wade, it's another, um, great achievement of, of ours. Chris Wade, for those of you who don't know, he is the editor and, and sometimes he's the host of the very popular leftist, um, podcast and Bernie primary, like the primary Bernie podcast of the left, um, when he was, you know, um, running in 2020 and that's Chapo Trap House, obviously, um, great podcast. Again, um, uh, a lot of it is due to his editing. Um, obviously the talent on the show, you know, uh, uh, Felix, Will and Matt shout out them, incredible talent, but you know, um, what would Django and Shane be without, you know, obviously Leo and, and, and the fucking German guy and Jamie Foxx and all of them, of course, but what would it be without, you know, uh, Quentin or what would it be without the editor? Um, and Chris Wade is that, in my opinion, he's like the director of the, sh- of the show or like the editor of the show. And, um, you know, I, I really, really enjoy his opinions whenever he popped on the show. And, uh, I reached out to him one day on Instagram and he ended up following us and I said, Hey Chris, like I'm a big fan of your show. He has another show called and introducing with his wife, Molly. And I was like, Hey, Hey bro, like great show. 
you're really not, uh, you, you know, I really like, you know, your opinions on shit. I would love to have you on our podcast. And, you know, it took us like five months because he's overloaded with shit, bro. He does like three different, three or four different podcasts. He tours, he does this and that. He does a lot of stuff. So it was, it, that was a hard get, you know, and it was, but you know, after he, you know, stopped being so busy, I ended up reaching out to him and we ended up getting that interview. And again, that was another one of the really great interviews that we had done. Uh, audio wise, it wasn't the best because we recorded over zoom. His audio, his audio was perfectly clear. Our, our audio was shit. And whenever he talked, like there was no like sound coming from our end. It was, it was a weirdly structured one, but the caveat to it was that at the end he said, Oh, I'm going to governor's ball on Sunday. I said, me too. We met up, uh, me, him and his wife, Molly chilled all fucking day. We had a great time there. We saw Post Malone, who I didn't think would be very good, but it, you know, it was a really fun time. Um, we saw Carly Rae Jepsen. We saw Carolyn Polachek. Uh, I got some great pictures of Carolyn Polachek, which will lead me into my next thing in a second. But um, yeah, meeting Chris, chilling with him, really great. Uh, additionally, somehow out of that, I think I think it was off of the Chris pod. Again, links, links, links. Uh, after the Chris pod, uh, got a follow from Felix Biederman. Um, <laughs> my personal favorite of the three hosts of Chapo. I love all three of you guys, but you know, just, uh, uh, Felix's opinions on NBA young boy and all these random things that he brings up. Um, uh, culturally I, uh, gel with his sensibilities more than the other, th- the other two, but I love all three of them. I think they have great, you know, opinions on stuff, but yeah, getting that follow was huge. Um, cause Felix is a legend on Twitter. Obviously, uh, he's very funny on Instagram. Um, so getting that and also talking to him a bunch of times, I talk to him whenever things pop up in the news, I'll just, I like, I'm like, like the stuff with the baby, me and him had like a back and forth in DMS a bunch of times, uh, about the baby, uh, about all these, I think, uh, last week, um, uh, three, six mafia and, um, the fuck, um, a bone thugs and harmony had a fist fight at their versus battle. And I sent them the video. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Right. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy. Just like shit like that. And it's crazy to have that follow. Um, these are, again, this is really sad, but like (laughs) whenever I post something like very controversial and I start to lose like 80 followers, like the Taylor Swift shit, I always check these people and they stay and I'm happy that they do. Um, what's another big, oh, this is another, uh, very light brag. Um, but happy that I've have gotten it. Um, Jack Wagner of the, of the, yeah, but still podcast. Um, he is, that's my favorite podcast of all time. Um, uh, in college, um, sophomore year or whenever they released it, probably junior year and into when I was graduating and into, you know, during that summer when I was transitioning into my job, um, it was a tough summer. I had to do a lot of work to transition into my job and every single day I would be listening to their pod or every single week rather. And, um, it was inspirational to me to listen to these guys continue to get bigger and interview bigger people. Talk to Lizzo when she was not like too big or anything. And now like, you know, her career is huge. And, um, you know, talking to Lizzo and like talking to like Patty Harrison, who's just like kind of like a, a very funny, like stand up, And now she's like in like a huge, um, indie, indie comedy with like, uh, Ed Helms and shit. And it's like, has like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. God damn, I keep hiccuping. Sorry. Um, but yeah, they got, they had a lot of great gets and like, you know, looking back, um, that podcast is very inspirational to me because, it's a podcast about hanging out with people and just treating, basically treating guests and treating big celebrities like your friends. Like <clears throat> you might have Tyler, the creator on your podcast, but you're going to sit him down on your couch. You're going to maybe smoke something and you're going to talk to him about, you know, his favorite movies. You're not going to be like, Oh, like, you know, do some promo for your album. You're going to be like, Oh, like what, 
like, I don't know. Um, did you ever read Maxim magazine or something like whatever? I don't know what the fuck, like shit like that. They'll talk about it on the podcast. So Jack Wagner is the editor and he's like half of the, you know, he's like, you know, one of two mics on that podcast. Um, and he's, that podcast is again, my favorite, very inspirational to me, very inspirational to my craft. Um, the fact that he edits his own shit is also very inspirational. It's something that I do. So I consider myself like the Jack Wagner of the pod and Troy is like the Brandon Wardell of the pod, uh, of this pod. Um, and, um, yeah, like I, 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 he, I think he did like a, a music video for, um, Dylan Francis not too long ago. And I said, Hey man, like great music video. And he gave a thumbs up or a handshake emoji in the DM. And I was like, Holy shit, really great to see that. Um, and then another day, I think I had shouted them out and he said, yo, thank you so much. And I was like, this is weird. I'm like, I'm like, we're really at a point where I can just talk to these people freely in, in DMs and just be like, Hey, like give them compliments. And they just like, give me a thumbs up. They like the post or they say like, Oh, like, you know, whatever. Like it even sometimes goes further than that, that they, I got to follow back or they're like, Oh, I actually like your shit too. We should do an interview. And, um, yeah, to, to, uh, the, bra- the, I guess the brag, it's not even really a brag is like just the DM response from him and the thumbs up back from him. Um, just like such a small thing, but you know, uh, really again, fucking great podcast. Um, and, and my, one of my favorite podcasts. So if I could ever get on yet, but still, this is my manifestation. I want to get on yet, but still want to be on there. Me, Troy, just fucking spitballing, talking about music, talking about whatever, you know, Brandon, I know you love Charlie XCX and I know you love Sophie. Would love to fucking tear it up about that shit. Um, you know, all that. I would love to riff about the troops, all that. Um, putting that into the universe. Yeah, but still pod 2022 or 2023, putting that into the universe. Um, I want to wrap up the episode. We're at like, we're at like 55 minutes or so. I think it should be a good time to wrap it up soon. Just want to go over some highs of the page. Some things that happened this year that, you know, are pretty significant to the page. They aren't really brags. They're more like landmarks. Um, the name anti-art actually came this year. Um, January or February, I think it was January is when we did the Chavo interview. Um, yeah, we did the interview with Chavo at, at John's house. Like I said, me, James, John, and Troy did that interview. And, um, you know, anti pitchfork was our old name, but we couldn't have that name anymore because like, I don't know, it was working for us, but I didn't want to be like diet Prada. I didn't want to be, um, you know, I I also didn't want to get copyright struck or anything. I didn't want people to think, um, that we needed to rely on some other page or anything. So our page is called anti-art now and, uh, came up with that, uh, that day, um, before the interview, we actually came up with that name and we made the logo. And then the next day I actually like formulated like a, a real, like legit logo. And so the anti-art logo, the anti-art name came from that. Um, the meeting of the minds of the anti-art retreat is another big, uh, step for us. Me, Ryan and Troy and Eve had met in person, all, you know, four people in one space for the first time in my apartment for my birthday. Uh, that was really fun. Um, did a couple of other retreats after that. Um, yeah, fuck, I'm tired. Uh, I'm going to keep all this in. I think it's all part of the mood. Um, covering pitchfork and governor's ball concerts and real life, uh, time events. That's a big landmark for me. I think I had mentioned that before, but you know, going to, um, um, going to the Pitchfork Music Festival. This is something that when I was in senior year of high school, me and my brother took the bus all the way out there to go and do. So to go and uh, cover this event unprofessionally, because I was using like a camera, 
uh, like a point and click camera, but it was like a really nice one, like HD one, um, out there in pitchfork, um, taking pictures again, like listening to seeing someone like Vivi Bridgers live and taking pictures of her and seeing someone like Erica Badu or, or like black midi or, um, Eve's tumor was my favorite seeing these people live and taking pictures of them was, was really incredible. Um, so to be able to be there, you know, post pandemic, um, all that stuff was, was, a um, amazing. Um, and I'm hoping that next time I'm there, I'm, I'm actually covering it as press and not as some motherfucker in the crowd. That's my, my main goal. My main goal is to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. Um, uh, what are some other landmarks? Let's see. Going on the Simping After Dark podcast, which, um, got me into some hot water with one of my exes. If you're listening, fuck you. But, uh, anyway, uh, that was great. <laughs> um, the Flux blog, uh, podcast that I did that was great uh recently that was like a week ago um the adoption of the ski mask so ski masks are something that is a, a big part of our page um we've been you know um rocking them since probably like the beginning of the year or like middle of the year it's not something that we had last year we we were anonymous last year we were just pretty much existent within the text post that we would review by but after a while, we kind of realized like we had to have our persona out there and our faces out there in some regard, but we didn't want to, um, show our faces. We didn't want to like totally restrict our faces. So we decided the scheme mask was a good compromise. You know, it covers your face just enough. So your employer can't identify it as you necessarily, or like, you know, whatever people can't dox us, but you know, it's something I'm losing my voice now. I'm getting really tired. It's like 1am. So I'm going to wrap this up really soon. Um, getting 2000 likes on a post was a big landmark for me. Um, when we had done the Chavo interview, the most likes on a post we had gotten was 50, 50 fucking likes. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking about it now. I believe the the first Chavo interview was in 2020. I know I keep saying that was 2021. I think that was 2020 anyway. So getting 2000 likes on a post crazy. Um, having a podcast, podcast was not made until 2021 of January when we, when we reviewed the Cardi album and the Fantana response to it. Um, really big step for our pod. Um, shout out to, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, Chris Yadre. Chris Yadre is the first dude that told me, Hey, you should do a podcast. Really, really, uh, great because he, he followed our page back and he said, Hey, um, I like your page, but I have like, <laughs> I can't like focus. And I would rather if I'm like in the grocery store, I'm walking around, I'd rather have something to listen to. I'd rather have opinions to listen to rather than to read. And I was like, okay, bet. So I made a podcast and he showed me the red, uh, scarlet, uh, the scarlet audio thing that you can like plug mics into. That's kind of a meme now. Um, but he sh- showed me that and said basically, Oh, get it on sale. So I did. And I ended up getting that. And that's, that was a big life changing thing for us. Cause now we can broadcast rather than just post on Instagram. So we gave us a new platform, um, quitting my job that happened in 2021 as well. I uh, don't want to get too personally into that as well, but that was one of the greatest decision, decisions I've made in my life. I don't regret it for a second. Um, love the people at my job, uh, was not the biggest fan of the schedule or, you know, how I was being treated there. So bye. Um, that was a great decision I made in my life. Um, getting to see my dog every day, uh, after quitting my job and, and moving from Connecticut to Jersey to my, you know, childhood home, uh, living with my parents, chilling with them, I get to see my dog every single day. Um, he looks cuter. He looks cuter every single day. Um, I love seeing him. 
not a moment that goes by that I don't, you don't want to pet him. Um, yeah, seeing shout out to Snoopy. Love you, buddy. I know you're upstairs sleeping right now, but I'll see you tomorrow. I'll let you out in the yard. We'll, we'll hang out out there. He actually recently got a haircut ever since he's 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. Ever since then, he's been running around spry like he's like seven. So, you know, that's my fucking homie. Love you, Snoopy. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Oh, the Burka Arca, my, uh, my Bloody Valentine, Kanye, Grimes, and other classic reviews. That's something that we didn't really do last year. So happy to have done that this year. This is like, <clears throat> Jesus. Sorry, I have a tickle in my fucking throat. Um, cause it's really late. I'm fucking tired and I'm losing my voice. Um, but yeah, doing those, doing those reviews, deep diving into Kanye albums, deep diving, especially into the Bjork albums, um, Vespertine, Post, and um, Homogenic, uh, was a deeply emotional experience for me, to be pl- completely honest with you. I spent all of a Tuesday from 12 o'clock to like 6 o'clock just listening to Homogenic, listening to interviews, reading shit. And, you know, that that review is one of the thing, one of the pieces of writing that I'm, I'm most proud of, honestly. It's, it's some shit that like, I never, I didn't listen to that album like that before that day. And by six o'clock is my favorite album of all time. And it was funny because Instagram had completely fallen um, by that point. Instagram like wasn't uh, uh, able to be accessed. Like it was totally shut down. So all I can do is just listen to Bjork. And that was my assignment for the day that I made for myself. And that was amazing. And I'm honestly happy the platform fell for a second because I was just like, damn, like, you know, my, my abilities and my opinions, um, can exist outside of Instagram for a day. And honestly, that part is what inspired me to make the website, which, um, if any of you are listening, this is a new announcement for you. Again, the people who listen can get all the scoop first. Everybody else, you know, can get it second. Uh, we are making a website. We're going to launch it on Monday. We're going to have every single review from 2021, including our classic reviews on there. Um, every single one, they're already up there. The website already exists. This is not like me, just like, tentatively announcing it it's just like the the link doesn't exist yet because i haven't put it out there but i'm going to be doing that i'm going to be covering this arca concert getting premium photos um getting pictures of earth eater this and that at the concert care care bonito and all that and posting them um it's going to be great i'm really excited for this website that's going to come out soon um and i think you guys are really going to enjoy it we're going to be able to incorporate everything from our instagram page and just kind of poured it over to the website and they're going to like live, um, independently, but they're going to support each other in a certain way where, you know, it'll be easier for people to read things and it'll be more incentivized for people to read things on the website. And then at the same time, the Instagram page can be more about memes and more about like, you know, interaction with fans and that kind of stuff. And, um, and when I say fans, I mean that because people have bought t-shirts, people reach out to me, people send me money, send us money. I'm sorry, Troy, again, force a habit since you're not here right now. Um, but you know, people send us money, you know, people fuck with us, bro. We don't just have followers on Instagram. We have fans now. So, and we have 6,000 of them, 6,000 strong, um, on IG at least just want to say, you know, thank you to everybody out there who supports our page, likes our posts, continues to get the metrics up. You know what I mean? We had our biggest review of all time today with the Arca kick three. It's something that I made in like a couple hours. You know, I examined that album for quite a long time, but I wrote it in like a couple hours, put it together in like, you know, not that long of a time. But to see something like that, you know, to see my my 
reviewing style become more efficient and um, more quality and still has the research component, but not taking like eight days to write a fucking review and I get the most likes is like really points me in the right direction. It really means to me that we're reaching the right people. We're writing the right things. We're not writing too much. We're not going overboard and we're not writing to avoid, you know what I mean? It's not like we're like reviewing an artist that nobody has heard of and, and getting pissed off because it only gets 40 likes. You know, we still do that because, because I want to curate and I, and that's the most important part. I love those artists, but like at the same time, you know, Arca is an artist that I love and that's unique and that's an anti-artist and she falls into this category of, of person that, you know, category of artists that I, I love so much and like, I'm happy to see that one getting the most likes um, at the end of the year because like out of, out of the reviews, at least uh, getting the most likes because well-deserved um, kick three is a great album. Um, so, you know, just want to end this off again. I'm so fucking tired. Just want to end this off by saying uh, rest in peace to some of the people who have fallen this year. Uh, a lot of these people are anti-artists. I would consider them and, you know, they went against the grain in a way that changed the game. Uh, Sophie, number one, uh, passed away on January 24th, I believe. Um, second episode of our podcast was broadcast that day. Um, something that still hasn't rested well with me since then. Um, complete freak accident out in Greece. Um, Sophie changed the face of music forever with her, with her and AG cook, um, with, with PC music and with the hyper pop movement. Um, it's changed pop in a way that, you know, incrementally changed. And now you look at pop music and you look at these things and like literally Sophie's, um, footprint is all over popular music in, in ways that like back when she was producing lemonade, you would have never thought, uh, you know, her, her album oil of every pearls on insides is like one of my top 20 albums of all time. I love Sophie. Uh, Virgil Abloh, who recently passed, we did a podcast about him a week ago. Um, honestly, my favorite fashion designer of all time. Um, I love his designs with Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Um, I love his designs with Off-White. I love the way that he was able to incorporate all of his weird shit and all the things that he wanted to do in Louis Vuitton and just and just have them just be carte blanche. Just like, yeah, of course you can do that, Virgil, sure. You know what I mean? And just like, and to be able to sell out. And again, that's that's anti-art that's anti-art to me. The things that, the things that Sophie did by, by, you know, being so weird, but then being in a McDonald's commercial is great though. You know, being so weird and making a song like lemonade, that's such a fucking weird song, but then just ends up in a McDonald's commercial. It's like, that's like, that's anti-art. That's anti-art right there. And Virgil, again, what he did by just like putting whole, cutting holes into Louis Vuitton bags or like, you know what I mean? Like making a see-through Louis bag and like, you know what I mean? Just fucking fucking around with Nike shoes and stuff like that. The things that he was able to do with these fashion brands, you know, as a black man also, um, um, you know, is completely inspiring and, and, and should be inspiring to a lot of people and, um, incredible. And, and he, he'll, it'll be, it, it's a, it's a terrible loss and he'll be greatly missed. And so will Sophie, uh, DMX, great artist, um, anti-artist, I, I guess, I don't know, but, I digress. Um, you know, uh, I remember when I was in third grade, I really wanted to do to rap party up at a talent show. And my parents were like, absolutely not. And, uh, ever since then I've listened to his music a shit ton. I've always loved the song intro. I've always loved the rough riders anthem. Um, his, his album, uh, it's dark and hot 
Like Hell, I think that's the name of the album. Really great album. I, I got more into that post um, posthumously. He'll be missed. Um, R.I.P. DMX and, and, and shout, shout out to all these people's families. Uh, Lee Scratch Perry, uh, great dub artist. Um, never really got too deep into his music, but I know that he was very important. And I know that, you know, uh, his music inspired a lot of people. Uh, my recording is about to end soon. Uh, Tony Williams, creator of Afrobeat. I think he might have passed away last year, but I, I never mentioned him. He's literally the person who created the beat part of Afrobeat. So if you ever listen to Fela Kuti and the, the percussion and the din it, din 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 it, and like the like the fucking drums on there and shit, and the percussion and all that stuff, that's all him. Uh, Tony Williams is a, a great fucking creator. He'll you know great uh, artist creator. Jesus Christ, like he's a um, like I'm talking about him like he's a vlogger. He's like the fucking African music royalty. Um, but Tony Williams will be greatly missed as well. But yeah, that's, uh, that's how I want to end the episode. Um, this was kind of a mess of an episode. I'm probably going to edit some of this stuff or a good amount of this stuff. But um, yeah, that was the episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll fill a little bit more time so that it, you know it's at least over an hour. Um, no, I won't. Good night.